which is genuinely not a really good situation to be in at any point in time, no matter what you do, you know? everyone to the CavsCorner.com podcast. CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place where Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, October the 6th. We are back on our normal schedule because Virginia is back on a normal schedule uh, after two short weeks, um, which felt sort of weird and long, but not short. The, the Cavaliers coming off of a an actual, you know, road victory, which has not happened much for this team uh, in recent years. 30-28 to 28 down in Miami Gardens. Cavaliers hold on. Can you say they held on? I guess you could say they held on to to beat the uh, Hurricanes. Um, I feel bad for Andreas Borgales, who, I mean, to say that, that this ball hit the upright is not factually accurate. It it banged off that thing. In a way that, you know, you see some kicks every once in a while hit an upright. They very rarely hit an upright that hard. Um, so I felt bad for that kid. Uh, it would have been a, a game-winning field goal for them and certainly would have changed the complexion of this here podcast. Um, but anyway, Virginia leaves South Florida with a victory. Um, we will talk about the unexpected nature of that victory um, and how, you know, how that sort of plays into everything going forward, including this weekend's game at Louisville. Uh, before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First, up in Fishersville, David Spence is back on the show. How's it going, my friend? It's going pretty good. I'd say I'm doing better than Urban Meyer, not quite as good as Dave Kane is. So, <laughs> who Dave's on the board, at, who Dave's on Twitter. Uh, shout outs to DK on the promotion and the uh, new venture in the uh, then the uh, the land of the deer. Um, we will uh, we will miss you. Um, up in uh, Loudon, staff writer Justin Ferber is also on the program. How's it going, my dude? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Oh whatever. my goodness gracious sakes alive. <laughs> you did not just do that. Okay, fine. That's fine. I'm trying something new. Okay? Uh, don't you? Okay. All right. All right. That's, That's good. That, wherever, that wherever, wherever it is that you Stop. are, Stop. Okay, that moving on. That. We're moving on. Okay, continue on with your intro, please. Go, <laughs> Add go, Justin go. underscore. Thank you. There you go. And uh, <laughs> in Charlottesville, managing editor Damon Dillman also on this here episode. Damon, you you had DK on the on the on your uh, on your video today on your Zoom, um, which I I think you did a great job. Uh, one heck of a heck of a get, for the record. Um, what were some of your takeaways from that? Um, knowing sort of, you know what what this process was like for him to 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 weigh it and to take it. Um, what, what did you come away thinking after that conversation with Dave? Yeah, I, I don't think Dave was by any stretch actively looking to leave UVA. I think he and his family are, he and his wife love it here. They're building a house here. They're building a house out in the county. Uh, they clearly were, were laying down roots here. So this this is just like, like I think Dave and I talked about, this is one of those opportunities that, 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 that he got into the business for, got into this line of work for, and, and uh, 
Yeah, he's obviously really excited, and it's a tremendous opportunity. And we got to hear him pronounce Giannis's last name. And uh, <laughs> he, he, like we were talking about before we started, that was probably part of the interview process. You had to be able to name that, nail that last name, and Dave did it. So, yeah, I'm just so happy for the guy. He's a good friend of mine. I've known him since he, – he's one of the people I met very, very early on in my time here covering UVA, and uh, he's been a friend ever since. And, uh, yeah, it's just an awesome opportunity. I'm so happy for the guy. Yeah. At Damon Tillman. And on Twitter, Cavs Corner is also there. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for the in-game updates, the content items, and the occasional Woody Banter. Yeah, I mean, listen, was I surprised? Yes, I was. Um, but at the same time, you know, to Damon's point just a second ago, like, that's exactly, you know, that kind of gig. You can't. I mean, what are you supposed to do? You know? Like, I mean, I get being happy, and I get being um, really excited about what you do. But when you when you want to be at the, you know, upper echelon of your profession – you know, that's 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 where it is. And if some of this sounds like a, you know, a potential <laughs> a potential podcast down the road, should Tony Bennett ever decide to jump to the NBA, m- m- much of this will will be sort of, you know, similar. Right. It's, a, you know, you take your you take yourself to the highest level of your profession. You know, you test yourself in, in the biggest of st- on the biggest of stages and that kind of thing. Um, hopefully people didn't just throw things at their um you know, throw their phones or anything, having heard me just utter those blasphemous words. But anyway, let's let's get back to the topic at hand, which is Virginia football kind of – I don't want to say that they're turning things around. I wrote a whole column about this on Monday. Um, you can't really say that, that the Cavaliers have turned anything around because you haven't gotten to the part where they turn it around. You've gotten to the part where they do something, right, get a win on the road and kind of get back on track, that they had to do but that gave them the opportunity. Dave, let's start with you, man. What's it, in the days since Borgalis banged this thing off the upright? I'm sorry, I can't describe it anywhere else. I mean, it just—I watched it several times just to, just for the bang. I mean, the thing—the ball went to like the 15, 20 yard line, dude. Like he banged. I mean, just crazy. Anyway, um, I digress. In the time since the game ended, and you went from—I think Dave's exact wordage was—he was preparing to be dead inside. Right at the time, right? Yeah, <laughs> as, as I think he time. actually died inside. I think, I, I yeah, think I died at some yeah. point. And then when you came back from life, Jesus, what what did you like? What have what's what's the what's the aftermath been like of your reemergence in reality? Right? What's what's it been like? You know, how have you sort of um, rationalized or sort of um, processed the last few days and what happened Thursday night at Miami? In the words of Val Davis, you just win, baby. Right. And they, they did. You know, um, honestly, like Saturday was a, you know, just watching football a couple, you know, having a couple Saturdays off to watch other teams. Um, like, I mean, fr- from just a UVA perspective, I-, I was very happy for the guys on the team. Like they played a great game for 57 minutes. Um, you know, the last drive was, you know, I'd say even, even the beginning of that last drive was terrible. Um, you know, they forced them, they had a third and long, like deep in their territory, they converted, and then it kind of went downhill from there. But, you know, just for the psyche of the team, you, you can nitpick all you want. Like they, they they had a chance to put Miami away and weren't able to, and then Miami kind of got it got it rolling and was able to, look, I, I don't know why Miami took their foot off the gas there. Like they probably could have run the ball three times and scored a touchdown near the end. Um, but they seemed confident with the field goal. Um, but yeah, that, that miss is just huge. Like, look, it doesn't change what Virginia's defense, you know, the issues they're having there. Um, but it does make them one and two in the ACC. And 
you know, essentially that means they're even if you're, if your goal is to win all your home games and win a couple of games on the road, they still got a shot to do that. Now um, they pretty much made up for their home loss by winning one on the road. So that's a good place to be compared to where they would have been if he hadn't, like, I don't know what the word is either. Like that wasn't a doink as a bears fan. I know a doink that, that was so much worse. Yeah. Um, it actually reminded me of the, uh, the Mike London win down in Florida at Florida state, you know, where they had, yeah. they missed the field goal and they didn't, but that was almost as unbelievable as that miss. But yeah, I mean, I thought overall that the defense started well and kind of faded and the offense never really got it rolling, but, but did enough to, um, to win the game. And look, it, it wasn't perfect, but considering what we'd seen the previous two weeks, I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, if you think about the sort of, um, you know, the, the fact that, Armstrong goes what twenty five of forty four for two sixty eight a touch and a and a pick, right? He had by far his worst game of the season. Um, the running game can't, comes to life. Um, you know they run for a buck eighty one. Um, you know I, I thought they, you know you mentioned um, Miami taking his foot off the gas. I thought Virginia did that late. You know, I understand they had a little bit of a lead and such, but I would have really liked to have seen them try to stay in their offense. I understand not taking risk, but I thought they went a little bit too much in the shell considering what we have seen from the defense. You know, they had a decent game in this game, but it was not to the point where I was like, oh, you know, the defense is going to come out and and shut this thing down. Ferber, as you went through film room, obviously, you know, a lot stood out to you. Um, You looked at... Um, the uh, the running game and how it got going. Is that something that, I mean, we're all going to look at the defense and we're going to talk a lot about the defense here in a second. But to you, in watching the running game, did you see anything in, in, in your breakdown of it that makes you think like maybe a light bulb has gone off for them in terms of being able to find some semblance of balance? Or was this a one-game thing where Brennan didn't have it, the running game had it, they were able to do what they needed to do, but we're going to go back to seeing them, you know, basically you know attach themselves to Brennan's left arm how do you feel about the running game coming out of this was that a fluke or do you think that's something they can recreate on the reg I think it could be recreated because Miami has a decent enough front it's not like they did it against I mean no offense to Duke but like you know it's not like they you know them overpowering Duke's defensive line isn't the same thing Mm -hmm. um and that was sort of what stuck out to me was the execution like when I went back and did the film room the offensive line really manhandled the defensive line for Miami for most of the game. I mean, they did give up a few sacks, but um, a lot of those were like long plays, coverage sack type plays. Um, but yeah, in the running game, like every play that I cataloged for the film room, um, there is at least like one or two really good blocks. So I think that if they can keep doing that against defensive lines um, going forward, yeah, they'll have a chance. And, and I think the big thing was, you know, it's not like they ran the ball 50 times, but they did try to emphasize it. Right. And once it got going, it seemed like it kind of wore Miami down a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And then, I agree. Yeah, and, and then Talapapa, especially, um, you know, one of the things that he's really good in short yardage and goal line situations, but he excelled in this game at turning like a, what looked like maybe a three or four yard run into like a 20 yard run. And that's something that he doesn't really do very often. So I'm not sure how sustainable that is and how much that's Miami's defense just not doing a good job, but um, it's not like I didn't see Miami just like whiffing on tackles all over the place. It was more like UVA made a concerted effort to get going and, and it worked um, yeah. mostly because they just executed well. Yeah. I think that's a good point. I mean, 
Uh, look, I, I understand that there are people out there who clamor for, you know, less of Talapapa and more of, you know, Hollins and company, right? But, I mean, look, Hollins gets 10 carries in this game, runs for um, 38, so an average of... Most of that was a touchdown. Right. Then Talapapa has 11 carries, 62 yards, averages 5.6. I think 11 and 10, like maybe that number, maybe the, the, the big number changes, you know, between the two of them, but I like that balance. But listen, Talapapa picks up yards, man. Um, you know, he might not necessarily, he, he's not, he's not going to blow, he's not going to blow the, the hole through the line and run for, you know, 70, 80 yards for a touchdown or anything, but he, he, he's consistent. He, the dude always figures out a way to go forward. He's a very good fit for what this offense I think needs. But I think in this game, having the two of them getting some looks and then being able to, um, to do something with it. I, I think personally, in my in my if I had my druthers, I would never see a run from anybody that wasn't um, a running back um, or Armstrong, Thompson, and maybe on the you know the rare chance Kemp. I mean, this is no disrespect to anybody else, but like you really don't need to be wasting carries on you know a bunch of the quarterback backup dudes. Um, you want to do some funny stuff with them and the and 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 line them up on okay fine, but. I think Virginia's offense is good enough that they don't. I get, I get the formation aspect. I'm not like reneging on my Mia culpa before the Carolina game. I understand that like the more options you throw out there, but this at this point you've put it on film. Like you just run the dudes out there and then give it to the guys who who are producing for you. Now, Damon, in the preseason we talked a lot about the pass defense and we talked a lot about you know how bad uh, Virginia had been in that facet of the game for a while, right? pretty much since, you know, what, Chapel Hill of 2019. Um, in this game, you know, you're coming in. There's no De'Aaron King. Their backup is also out, so you're going to get this. You know, you can call him a true freshman all you want, but he played in some games last year. So a freshman quarterback who, I mean, look, maybe the kid's going to be pretty good. He, his numbers aren't that – they didn't, you know, jump out at you. 15 to 29 for 203 yards and a touchdown. Um, of course, he also ran – um, for you know a, a touchdown as well, and I mean, in in the big scheme of things, Damon, do you feel like you've seen enough from the secondary to make a determination on whether or not they can or cannot be better? Um, and the reason I'm asking that question this way is because I'm not entirely sure we've seen their fastball yet. Um, no Devonte Cross in this game, so that changed things. I thought that was one of the changes they were able to make. I think that they, the defense in general, looked like they had some pretty decent, um, you know, had some pretty decent um, production considering that they had some new faces, guys doing a little something different. What's your take on the secondary coming out of this game? Do you have any confidence in them being able to to sort of right the ship? Do you feel like they're on the way there already? How do you feel about Virginia's defensive backs right now? I think in the short term, I have some confidence. And by short term, I mean at the very least in this Louisville game because I think one of the things that's become an issue for them uh, has been an issue for them. And we saw that especially UNC, Wake particularly, and then Miami in the second half uh, kind of picked up the tempo. When they went when they picked up the tempo, it became problematic for, for UVA. And, and Louisville doesn't use a whole lot of tempo. They're going to huddle. Malik Cunningham's going to line up and, and and look to the sideline. And I think 
I think a lot of those you I mean, I think it was Nick Grant this week himself admitted that a lot of those problems when teams go tempo is that that the secondary and, and other spots in defense as well, they're just they're not lining up properly. They're they're not in the right spot before the ball is snapped, and therefore that leads to leads to problems after the ball is snapped. Guys out of position, Wake Forest. We saw the position precision with which they picked the defense apart when guys were out of position. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think I, I think in the short term that's that's a positive going into this game this week. I think they did a good job. They put more pressure on Van Dyke last week than we'd seen in the past couple of weeks, which obviously makes the secondary's job easier as well. They got a couple of sacks, third and longs, uh, some of the situations we just things you kind of take for granted from a defense, but you just hadn't been seeing from a deep, this UVA defense the last couple of weeks. So I think, I still think they're trying to figure things out. Uh, they're still trying to figure out how everybody fits in this three, three, five, which a month into the season is probably not the most positive development from this defense. But I, I do think, I do think some guys have a better sense. I know Anthony Johnson seems to have settled in. Uh, they're still trying to figure out how to work Hayes in Hayes and Cypress apparently are competing for the other cornerback spot, even though Hayes isn't on the depth chart that they, that they uh, release to us each week. And Darius Bratton is Darius Bratton played a little bit last week against Miami. He didn't play much at all in the wake forest game. So I still think they're trying from a personnel standpoint, trying to figure out what the best combination is. I think like you said, not having cross last week, just further complicated that situation. Uh, and trying to figure out how they were going to make that work. Clary's another guy who's been in the lineup, out of the lineup, played a little bit more again last week without crossing there. So uh, I think, I, I, I don't think, I still think it's very much a work in progress. And I, do, I think, like I mentioned, for the short term, I think this could be a good week for them. After this Louisville game, I don't know. We'll have to see. It's almost like on a week-to-week basis how how things are progressing one week at a time. But it's still very much a work in progress in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now, let, real quick, we got to talk about Mandy Alonzo, um, who goes home and has just a stellar game. I mean, you know, he was ACC defensive lineman of the week um, for a reason. Um, you know, his I, I thought his presence in the middle, um, middle, middle parts of the game, you know, were, were huge. I thought he did a nice job of, of not just coming up, making plays, but he was, I thought he was consistent. He seemed to be in the right place at the right time. Um, more than just you know what his you know three solo tackles, two sacks, two TFLs would look like. Um, I, I just thought that that was something Virginia had not had this season, which was some real production up front. And to to Damon's point, you know that that certainly helped um, significantly. Now, as you talk about Malik Cunningham and what Louisville wants to bring, Dave, it, it seems like to me, you know, you, you we talked about you know the three three five and and how. You know, that was a defense sort of made to stop offenses like Carolinas and Wakes. Now you get into Miami and you, and you get into Louisville. What's, what do you think of the Virginia's matchup defensively in this game? What do you what, What's the, you know, the scheme that, that Louisville runs? How do you feel like Virginia matches up against it? I don't know. Like, look, first of all, it's, it's the uh, every two years where I complain that we have to go to Louisville. Um, <laughs> but the – I don't know how we match up with them. I, I don't – Cunningham has definitely improved. But to me, I think the way you play them is to play the run first and 
make him show he can beat you with the pass. But you know, <laughs> you've seen our pass defense. Maybe maybe that's not the the best option. But like I I think you know Damon kind of hit on some of it. Um, Virginia just did so much better when they weren't faced with tempo and were able to get lined up properly. And look, our defensive line when when you've got you know the big guys in there and they're rested, they they do create a little havoc. Um, when they have to run against tempo or on the field for extended times, we just don't have the depth to kind of create that havoc with the with the second group. So I think you know, assuming you can stay ahead of the chains. I don't think the three three five is a terrible look, but I also we didn't run it a whole lot against Miami early in the game Thursday. You know, it was a I guess technically a three three five, but they had you know they had two linebackers up at the line, almost creating a five man line a lot of times. Um, and I think that's more the look you'll get a little more zone coverage, so you can keep the defensive backs eyes on on Cunningham. You know, you've got to stop the run first. You, you don't want to go in there and hold them to fifty passing yards and give up four hundred rushing. So, look, it's. It's not a terrible setup, you know. It's not an ideal setup, I mean, for for Virginia's defense, given the issues they've had. But I don't think, you know, it's on the same level as Wake. Like Wake, to me, was can do both well, and I'm not I'm not convinced Louisville can pass the ball with the same precision that Hartman can. Um, so I think you can afford to take a little, ch- you know, take a few more chances, let one more, you know, go one on one more often on the back end, play a little more zone, drop safeties and make them do what they were trying to make Wake do, you know, take 10 yards at a time, because I don't know that Louisville is as patient as, as Hartman was. So, like, no matchup is going to be ideal with this, with the defense, the way we've seen them the past few weeks. Um, but, I, I mean, I think we – you've got to admit there was some progress, um, just not perfection. And, you know, being on the road again is tough. I mean, I'd like to have this game at home. I, I would – I'd be a lot more comfortable about it. I mean, we're not playing Alabama. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ferber, it wasn't that long ago that when a when a team had a running quarterback, a guy who, you know, a really athletic dude who was going to hit you in a variety of ways, that I felt really confident about UVA's defense because typically UVA did a good job against those dudes, right? It was the guys who could pick you apart down the field that Virginia struggled with. Now, I mean, honestly, I, I'm not entirely sure – if, it, if there is a quarterback type that Virginia doesn't struggle with, right? Other than, you know, dude who doesn't have options, right? Um, Backups. You back, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, inexperience. Right. I mean, they're, they're three, they have three wins this year all against backup quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. And all those dudes didn't exactly have, you know, a murderer's row at wide receiver, right? Like, if you think about the, um, you know, the guys that they had. Now, to, to Miami's credit, and this is something I tried to explain to people, you know, folks texting me during the game, so I'm like, look, Miami's got some talent. Like, they, they always have talent, right? The question is whether or not, you you know, you can kind of get past it. Um, in this matchup with Louisville, Cunningham's a – I think he's going to be a tough cover. What's your what's your read on him, and 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 how do you feel like UVA fares? Uh, I mean, don't we'll get into preview territory in a second, but uh, just in terms of the matchup with him specifically, how do you feel about UVA's defense trying to slow him down? Yeah, I mean, I think Dave already said a lot of the, you know – more base level thing like you know like i think that you know when you have a dual threat quarterback with this defense the way that they've allowed you know guys to get out of the pocket and make plays um especially howell and then even uh van dyke who's not really a running quarterback did it a few times last week um i think it's going to be a big challenge 
if you look at Cunningham's rushing numbers, they're not, he's not running, he's not Lamar Jackson, like running all over the place, but he has had some success against UVA in the past. And he's been absolutely incredible at scoring touchdowns. He has 10 on the ground, which is insane. I think he like leads the nation in rushing touchdowns. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of that is a byproduct of their actual like running back running game has kind of struggled. Um, or I'm not really seeing like a lot of production there. And, you know, from what I watched last week, it seems like they like to put the ball in Cunningham's hands. Uh, I, you know, I, I said earlier this year, maybe it was in the preview or the season prediction show. Like I'm not a huge fan of his, like, I, I just don't see it. Um, but he has been better this year than what I've seen. Um, so, I mean, kudos then for improving. He hasn't turned the ball over much, which is a, definitely a big improvement. He's throwing for more yards and it doesn't seem like he's like, he's not like Brennan Armstrong going like 33 for 50. He's like going 19 for 26, um, but he's getting 300 and something yards, which tells me that they're pretty reliant on big chunk plays. So, you know, UVA has to find a way to not give those up because they've given up a ton of them. So, you know, they need to be better in that area. And, and you're right. I think there was progress last week, um, even with a bag of quarterback in and, you know, how the game kind of ended sort of undoes, you know, in people's minds, like, people are going to remember like hanging on by a thread. Um, they, they certainly improved from what we had seen the two weeks prior. Um, the question just becomes like, how much of that is the competency of the quarterback? And if it is that, then they're going to have some trouble this week with Cunningham. And if they win, it's going to have to probably be a shootout. Damon, speaking of progress um, and, you know, progress, <laughs> I mean, progress matters most, right? Like you, you, you week to week, you want to see some, some improvement and stuff. I'm curious now that we've seen a sort of regression of, of sorts from from Brennan compared to what we saw prior to this game. What what do you think of this matchup with the Cardinals and their um and the and the the do you feel like Brennan's going to snap back to to what we saw before he got to Miami, or do you feel like what you saw in Miami was you know maybe a function of folks kind of maybe figuring him out a little bit. I was wondering how much of the uh, the issues in Miami was not having Jelani Woods. Uh, and therefore, I think to be able to answer that question, we need to have a better idea of whether Jelani Woods will be available at Louisville on Saturday, which we don't have a strong idea of right now at this point. So, because I, I feel like Dontavian Wicks, I remember for much of the first half, he was a non-presence. I'm not sure if he was even targeted until like the second quarter. Uh, it, I think it was just, a, it was a lot more difficult to move the ball around because Jelani Woods was both literally and figuratively uh, a big, he, that big presence over the middle that draws attention away from some of the other guys, some of the other playmakers on offense and not having him there to get some more of that attention allowed the Miami defense to pay more attention to guys like Wicks. Obviously Billy Kemp filled some of that void uh, without having Woods there, but physically those guys are at the opposite end of the spectrum. So I mean, I do think some of the decisions, obviously the interception was not a good decision at all in the third quarter for a variety of reasons by Brennan, given the situation, given the, the, uh, the place at the spot on the field, a whole lot of reasons. But uh, I think, I do think just, just the sense you get from Brennan Armstrong, we always hear about what kind of a competitor he is. I'm sure it, in, in the immediate aftermath on zoom in the post game, he was not at all pleased with the way he played and he, he made that abundantly clear throughout the course of that four or five minute session. So I'm sure he has, uh, 
he has carried that chip on his shoulder into practice this week now here as he gets ready for Louisville. I think I've, I'm at the point where I give, ben, I give Brendan Armstrong the benefit. Like last week, I talked about how I didn't give the defense the benefit of the doubt. I think at this point, I do give Brendan the benefit of the doubt just because of all the all the things he said in the summer, he has backed up with the way he's played through the first month of the season. So one bad game to me, I think, I do think having Jelani Woods back, if he is back on Saturday, would be a tremendous boost. Uh, I know that's an obvious statement, but I think it will help everybody else on that offense in the passing game in particular and the running game, the way it blocks. But, but, but yeah, I, I think, I think he made some mistakes at Miami, but I'm going to give Armstrong the benefit of the doubt and assume that he learns from those mistakes and is, is a better quarterback on Saturday than he was last week at Hard Rock. Yeah, I mean, personally, I, I feel like the, every time that the kid has a, a moment where, um, you know, a moment where he has to learn something, he typically does, you know. I mean, he talk, what, the, early in the season, he talked about, hey, we got to start faster, and we started, you know, started getting faster. Um, so I, I, I'm interested to see how it works out. Let's get to our uh, preview portion of the program um, because I'm interested to see how this one plays out, considering that last week we were all sort of like in a show-me situation and, you know, record book says what the record book says. Um, Dave, let's start with you. In the preseason, you had Virginia going to Louisville and winning 33-21. to 21. Um, How do you feel today? <laughs> I really want that defense. I thought we had, um, <laughs> but I mean, I feel good about this. And I think the couple extra days came in at a good time. Team has a little bit of momentum. Um, you know, Louisville just played wake forest last week. Pretty tough, tougher than I expected them to, but, um, I, like, I, I mean, Britain, I mean, I, 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 I'm very happy. We have a quarterback who can have like almost 300 yards of total offense. And we're like, you know, he had a bad week that, as a Virginia fan going through all those London years, like that is mind boggling. Um, but he did, you know, he struggled. I think he was a little over about 60% passing maybe. Um, and he made that, that interception really was at a terrible time. Um, Virginia had a chance to kind of put the game away early there potentially. Um, but yeah, I expect him to re- rebound. I, I don't know what Wood's status is. Um, okay, you know, who knows? And there could be another guy coming back anytime between now and the end of the year that could change the dynamics of the offense. But like, I, I kind of, Michael Rocco. I like to match up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, Andrew Uvinsky. <laughs> yeah. Uvinsky's not coming back through that door, man. Um, look, I, I like to match up Virginia. I kind of like the momentum. Um, and then, you know, just thinking of it as, you know, we've talked about this before, but if you kind of break the season down into quarters, you know, Virginia got through the, you know, got through the last few weeks with, um, well, not quarters, but the last three games was a tough stretch. They were, you know, a very good season would have been two and one in the last three games. They went one and two. Um, and then the next three games, Louisville, Duke, and Georgia Tech, I mean, honestly, for Virginia comfortably, you know, comfortable is probably even, um, too liberal, but for Virginia to have a chance of the postseason, like they probably need to go three and zero over the next three games. Um, so, look, I, I, I like the matchup. I wouldn't put a whole lot of money on it. Um, you know, the kind of all the ranking systems out there have this a close game. The point spread is basically a home field advantage spread. Um, but I, I like Virginia. I like Brennan to come out and do some do some strong stuff. Um, uh, hopefully they'll kind of build on the momentum they got with the running game last week, which I think 
just opens up so much more for the passing game. And, you know, the defense kind of putting pieces together. Hayes another week in the system. Um, hopefully everyone's back healthy. So I'll I'll predict Virginia to win this one, but I'm going to up the score. I think Virginia's got to score more to win this one. So I'll go 38 to 31, Virginia. All right, Ferber. In the preseason, you had UVA winning this thing 35 to 24. How uh, how you feeling now? Not as good. Um, Not great, Bob. Yeah, I mean, like, I think if you look at the Miami game, I think that it's easy to say, you know, they got lucky that they missed that chip shot, which is true um, if you just look at that. But I think UVA played better in the game than I thought they did, you know, right afterwards. Like, I went back and watched it, and they had um, – and I'm not trying to give them credit for something they didn't do, but, like, they had a bunch of chances to just end the game and they just weren't quite able to do it. Um, obviously, they're going to need to improve on that, you know, going forward. Do you think about, like, Keaton's drop in the end zone? And then they had, I think, a penalty at one point after they were down there. Um, after Wicks gets the touchdown, um, they're up 27-14. They get the ball back, and then that's when Brennan throws the pick, which kind of opens the game back up. Like, even if you punt on that drive, maybe Miami doesn't get back into it. Um so, I mean, I think they, they play better than what the scoreboard shows. And I think they deserve to win the game, even though it wasn't, you know, they certainly had to like win it very close at the end. Um, for this game, I think Louisville is going to present some challenges on offense, particularly. Um, I think UVA should be able to move the ball and score on them just based on how Louisville's defense has played to this point. Um, I watched a decent amount of their game against Wake Forest, and I thought that they played well. They definitely could have won. Um, Cunningham's going to be a problem. And, and UVA has traditionally not done well out there. Um, so I think that, you know, they're going to have to kind of use that extra day, extra time that they got, you know, to their advantage and try to shake off any maybe negative feelings they might have from, from hanging on by a thread at Miami. And I think this will be a close one. I think if UVA wins, they're probably going to need at least 35 points, um, just unless the defense plays better than what we've seen. Um, I'm going to go with Louisville just because they're home and, and UVA, you know, I just feel like they're going to struggle to stop Cunningham who could actually have like a pretty big day on the ground. Um, if UVA doesn't make a really good effort to try to stop that. Um, I'm going to go Louisville 34, 31. Um, but I think Dave kind of brought it up. It's a good point. Like I think this game is a big swing game in UVA season. Um, I'm not going to go as far as Dave and say they have to go three and O to make a bowl. Um, because they could still come out of this next three games with five wins, and then you just got to find one more um, in a tough four-game stretch. But not un- and none of those games were like unwinnable. Um, I'm gonna say like if they win this game, you know, you could be looking at six and two if you take care of business at home um, going into that BYU game. So I mean, I think they could really build some momentum back up and kind of make people forget about those two losses. Um, so it's a huge opportunity for them. Not the end of the world if they lose. Um, probably the end of their coastal chances, but um, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to have to play better. It's a winnable game, but uh, I'm going to go with Louisville just because um, I'm not, from what I saw in Miami, I'm not going to sit here and be like, all the things I thought were wrong are fixed. That's very fair. I think that's very fair. Damon, in the preseason, uh, you had UVA winning this game as well, 37-34. What say you now? Well, I was going to say 38-35, but maybe I'll stick with that same score. I like that. <laughs> but no, I, I, so 
I looked this up. Uh, good note for your message board. Uh, I think I might have thrown this in the three, two, one this week, but I looked it up. The, the last time UVA won consecutive ACC road games uh, was 2011 when they won at Miami, then at Maryland, then at Florida State. Uh, have not done that since. Obviously, there was that long stretch in there for quite a few years. That's your second Michael Rocco reference in like five minutes. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah, that's true. He was the quarterback for all those. He was also, no, he was gone. Ah, I'm getting off course. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like that. Uh, I remember even in the preseason talking about how this felt like one of those turning point games in the season where sort of that urgency was going to really need to kick in. And obviously it probably kicked in last week in Miami, but it, it should still kind of, especially with the veteran guys, those super seniors kind of leading the charge, it should still kind of uh, kind of be full throttle in that regard. And so I just, I have a good feeling about this one. Uh, the, obviously they've never won at Louisville, but I, uh, I, 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 for whatever reason, I don't have a whole lot of rationale behind it, but I have a good feeling about this one from a UVA perspective. Uh so yeah, I, I was gonna say 38-35, but I'm gonna stick with my 37-34 uh preseason prediction because why not? Let's let's <laughs> stick with it. <laughs> Let, let's stick with it because right. it's only a point off. But yeah, I think this is gonna be another I don't think it'll be necessarily quite as dramatic a finish as last week. I don't know if there'll be any uh uh field goals banging off uprights to end it but <laughs> i do think it'll be another one of those the defense makes one key play late or the offense gets the ball back with enough time and they just they find a way to win this and this would obviously be a a huge momentum boost coming off the miami win for sure all right in the preseason i had uva winning this 36 to 20 um i kind of echo what dave said about the defense um I, i'm gonna give it more points um but i also think like you know, I said, you know, the thing about Brennan and, and the way he bounces back, the kid does tend to learn pretty well. I, I, I think because Woods made the trip to Miami, I think that's probably a pretty good sign. Um, so absent of, you know, um, any other, you know, um, verifiable sort of information as of yet, I, I think he's probably going to play. And if he plays, I think that's obviously big news. Now, if he's not going to play, having had a game without him helps. Um, you know, I think they got to get Wicks going earlier. Um, there were times in that first half where, I mean, frankly, the three of us were unsure if he was, I mean, we're, there were texts flying back and forth. Like, is he even in like what's happening? Um, they got to get him involved more early on. And, um, I also think that I'm really curious to see what happens with the offensive front. Um, you know, moving Nelson inside, letting Haskins play the tackle spot, you know, is that what helped them to really sort of take that next step in terms of physicality because they're going to need to be able to run the football in this game. I think Cunningham is going to his his skill set just sort of lends itself to Louisville being able to to kind of control things in a variety of ways. So I think Virginia has to be able to um, you know to pick up first downs on the ground. It can't just be Brennan throwing the ball downfield as we've seen you know the last couple of games. That can't be just your whole offense. And I feel like um, you know especially if they don't have Woods, they've really got to be able to run the ball. I feel pretty good about where UVA's um, at right now. Um, you know, as I kind of tease in the column, like you never really know from a game like that what's going to happen. Um, you know, Louisville's coming off of a, a really disappointing loss uh, in Winston-Salem. Um, you know, a, a game that, you know, frankly, you know, could have gone their way uh, in a variety of different 
um, aspects. But you know, the thing about the, the the thing about the ACC in general, but especially when any coastal team is involved, is that you just really never know what you're going to get until you get it. And at least as of right now, I feel like I have a pretty good feel for what UVA is and and what the Cavaliers are not. Um, I don't think I have that same feel for Louisville, and it's not because I don't, you know, watch their games and such. I think that they're just they're still in a in that sort of state, you know, that sort of place where they're they're sort of figuring it out. I think Virginia just has more figured out, and so I'm going to give them the edge. Um, thirty, let's call it thirty-eight, thirty-five. Um, you know, lots of points. That's a good um, score. You know, I no, that's fine. I don't I don't mind copying your score. It's fine. It's fine. No, um, I was complimenting you. No, no, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just giving it back to you. Um, but I just feel, I don't know, man. Like, I just kind of think that, it, it, it put it like this. I was torn between two things, a whole, whole lot of points or like no points at all because the offenses are just sputtering and the defenses look quote unquote good because the offenses are, sport, are sputtering. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 it for me, that's, that's just the way, um, that's just the way these kinds of games tend to go for UVA. So. All right, one more, uh, one more in the books. Um, obviously, you know, a few more days. Uh, it's it's weird to go from you know a game on a Friday, a game on a Thursday, and then have to wait till Saturday. Um, it sort of feels like the the thing should be here already, but it will be here uh, soon enough. Uh, if you are somebody who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, you can look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your shows. And if you're so inclined to give us a rating review, we appreciate that. Helps to get us out in front of more people. Now, if you're somebody who's found the pod but has not given us a look at the website yet, you can check us out at CavsCorner.com. Let's see, right now, all kinds of stuff. We had that aforementioned video that Damon posted with Dave Kane talking about his choice to um, become the new play-by-play voice of the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, <laughs> this is an interesting one. The, the, the publishers and, and contributors in the ACC or across the Rivals Network put together a, a poll um, that we vote in. Um, and so it's kind of, we, you know, I think we're piggybacking off of, uh, Chris peak over the Pittsburgh site, um, calling it how the ACC sees the ACC. So you can check that out. PFF grades are in film room, as we mentioned, is in, um, you know, you can hear what the coordinators had to say this week at practice, the three to one, uh, five-star offensive lineman, Zach Rice, uh, was, um, uh, Adam Friedman caught up with him the other day and he did a, a little video that it was kind of cool. Um, so yeah, lots of stuff, lots of links in your content item or in your podcast app of choice. Uh, I want to thank, um, everybody out there for continuing to support the show. I want to thank myperfectfranchise.net for their support of the website. You can check out myperfectfranchise.net for more information on how you can find freedom in your next venture and discover the perfect franchise for you. And I want to thank, uh, Dave Damon and Ferber for giving graciously of their time. As always, I very much appreciate all they do. So for David Spence and Justin Ferber and Damon Doman, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorn.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.